Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. And welcome to the standing episode. Yay! We're standing. Look, I'm standing over here. Now I'm standing over here. Wow, I'm, I'm waving back and forth and making everybody a little bit motion sick. Only if you're watching on YouTube. Right. Uh, I mean, honestly, if you're listening to the podcast, all of those antics really did nothing for you. Yeah, well, you're missing out. So go check us out on YouTube. Press that subscribe button. Pa pa pa. Whatever. Um, if you're, regardless, if if you're watching or you're listening, thank you for joining us today. We've got a very important topic. We're starting to wrap up this season. Yeah. Um. So, Andy, you had an idea for this uh, for this particular show, um, and the idea was sort of. When commanders aren't commanders. Yeah. When legendary is not commander. Yeah. Um, over the past couple of years, I've been noticing, I thought it was more and more until I did more research on this topic, mm-hmm. uh, but Wizards likes to release legends that maybe you don't necessarily want as commanders, and there's like a few reasons why you wouldn't, so I figured I'd bring that to the table, bring some examples with me. And through my research, I realized that these these creatures have always been. And I think, I mean, it, it was stark and startling because a lot of the original legends yeah. had a lot of problems to them. Which, I mean, legends came out in 96, 97. I don't know. Yeah, legendary creatures have been around since, I don't know, well, since legends. Since and legends. I think legends yeah. is what, the fifth, fourth? Fifth or fourth oh, set. So and... like 93, 94. Legends is the seventh set. Okay. Released June of 94. There we go. So there was a good 15 years at least where they were just yes. putting out legends, legendary creatures, without any forethought into thinking about how it's going to affect Commander because it wasn't a thing yet. Right. Where they were putting out legendary creatures and the only reason the, na- the, only reason they were legendary... Was so that you couldn't put more than one in your deck. Well, you could put one, more than one in your deck, just not on the battlefield. Right. And I think, I mean, I think the thing there was that they were there to be flavored uh, originally. Yeah. Uh, they were there to to forward the story and be, you know, the proper downs that they are. Uh, and I think uh, with. It, it probably was like that, and then the legend rule applied necessarily, and then they realized like this is a great design space to figure out like slightly more powerful cards that like you wouldn't want, <laughs> like it would be too busted to have like three of them right. on the battlefield, you know? Right. Um, and I think from there it ended up just being like, okay, this is a way to to make powerful cards less powerful because right. uh, they're a little bit more restricted. And now they're just like pumping out clone spells that make things, make copies of things that aren't legendary. And it's like, well, right. <laughs> there goes that. Um, everybody loves a good mirror box or what's the other one? Mirror something. Oh, yeah, I, don't I don't know. I've got it up on the screen. Uh, <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube. <laughs> but I... I came up with like four or five different like reasons why you wouldn't want a certain creature 
as your commander. And these right. are like more things just like to keep in mind. Because I'm going to say it up front. Make whatever deck you want. Yes. <laughs> you can use any of these creatures as your commander. There is no rule against it. And I'm confident that if you went to EDH Rec, every single one of these creatures, any creature that we're about to mention, has decks. I'm guessing every single legendary creature has multiple decks. For sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're just saying, you know, that's more a case of building a deck for the sake of the deck, or you just yeah. need those colors and you don't care about the commander. Uh, I think it's, yeah, I think see. it's important to keep in mind. Because the, the reason I thought of this idea was because all the magic podcasts I listen to, yeah. all the the discourse I see on Twitter is like, oh my god, magic's pumping out creatures left and right all the time. They got thousands of cards every year, and like there are so many legendaries, I want right. to build them all. And it's like, you don't have to build them. In fact, don't. Yeah. And I think like, it's just, this is a thing to keep in mind, that when a new legendary is previewed released printed released think the about these things with regards to your own building sure oeuvre and uh go from there i mean it's it's yeah so without further ado first up uh, we've just got vanilla creatures um ojet ojanin what is it <laughs> uh jedi ojanin uh yes. he's a he's a cat warrior uh, I have this literally as a, a header of do nothing because uh, for white, white, blue, and then four mana, so seven mana total, he's a five, five cat warrior. That's where it ends. Uh, he's a yeah. he's a cool cat with a cool do and a cool belt. Uh, but yeah. that's all. That's all he does. Well, see, and the thing with Jedid O'Janin, especially Jedid O'Janin, the art is really cool. So there's a lot of people that want to include, want to make him the commander, or they wanted to do that. And Wizards understood that. So then they created Jedit O'Janin of Afrava. And he's green. Still looks pretty cool. Does some does some interesting stuff. And then they made Jedit O'Janin mercenary, uh, because, you know, we wanted to get back to the white-blue. But, I mean, we're talking about the original here. Six mana for a 5-5. Five, five, or, sorry, yeah. seven mana for a 5-5. Five, five. From Legends. Uh, so this is kind of like the starting point of it all, right? Like, this is the original reason why somebody wouldn't make a legendary creature their commander. It adds color to your color identity, and that's about it. Yeah. Obviously, there are niches where you're going to want, say, vanilla creature dot deck or something. Like, something silly or hipstery. Like, sure. This is the last time I'm going to say it. Build this deck if you want. Yeah. These are reasons why you wouldn't want to, though. So that's right. what this episode is. I, I think Jedid O'Janin is a great example because it is clear that with the popularity of this character and his storyline, they continued that legacy forward. Right. And that's great. We saw more, like you said. And, and we got to experience that character in many facets. Maybe go with one of those other facets. Something I'm going to repeat over and over again in this episode, too. Feel free to put him in the 99. No problem there. Right. Um, but, like, say he's your commander, right? Seven mana, five, five. He gets removed. Now he's nine mana. Eleven mana. Like, it's just, it, right. it's, do you play him again? Do you even care? So, that's the that's the first thing is vanilla creatures. Out of here. You're, you're, 
you're narrowing down your scope of what you want to build. Among the early cards as well, I saw a lot of very specific, very niche creatures. Um, yeah. That seemed to be like a very specific thing with old magic cards. And I mean, like you see it now and again now, but like... Right. The interesting thing with the... The reason they were doing this was because at the time, they overvalued creatures. Creatures were seen as repeatable damage. We have to take care with that. Yeah, I mean... Janet O'Janet all by himself can kill you in four in four hits. That's powerful. Like, yeah, but is it? No, it's not. Uh, certainly not at that rate. Um, so you would get these these niche creatures that you know do interesting things, but just get horribly nerfed. Andy, I know you had you had. I, I've got this. yeah, I've got a card for an example, um, and they're all a lot like this. Um, some of them are less specific or less yeah. like more usable than this, but I thought that this was like a good exemplary example. Yeah. Three black, black, blue, blue, seven mana, four of which are colored for a four, four. The name is Ur Drago. He's an elemental. He's got first strike. That's cool. A four, four with first strike for seven mana. And creatures with swamp block may be blocked as if they did not have this ability. When I play commander, unless it's meta-specific, and even when it is meta-specific, I come across Swamp Rock creatures maybe once every couple weeks, like, if that. So, like, to build a whole deck around that, I mean, like, the idea behind this deck is that none of your creatures going to have Swamp Rock, right? Like, it's just defensive. It's just a right. defensive ability, and it's just reactive toward... I guess Sulkinar? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, and like this is like, you know, the the inverse of Sulkinar. Sulkinar's got Swampok, he's got abilities that are cool. Like yep. that's a much more useful legendary creature as commander from that time frame. Um not much more I can say about Urdrago, but prime example of uh just kind of a little too specific and not in a good way <laughs> because we do have specific in a good way right like oh you can you can take Erdrago instead of instead of swamp walk flying yeah all creatures that have flying can now be blocked as though they didn't have flying that yeah. that would that would be a, a good card and you would build your deck with the understanding that I don't need to put in any flyers. So you're never going to put in a flyer where you have to pay a premium because the creature has flying. Now suddenly you've got this. I mean, in a deck like that, I might be tempted to run a lot of horsemanship mm. because then I would be the essentially the only one with flying. But it's that kind of thing. You could make it relevant, but in this case, it just isn't. And like, I'm trying to like think of like a good a good way that things could be specific, right? Uh, I don't know why Brutoclad was the first thing that came to mind, but, like, Brutoclad, it, like, very much spells out the way you want to build the deck. Granted, there's yep. there's more variety of, like, how you can go about that. But, like, right. it's very specific path. Make tokens. Make those tokens into other things. You've got the branch there of wh how, wh how to make copies. But, right. like, with this, it's, like, it's so specific there's nothing to, like, have the deck be built around. 
So right. keep that in mind. Uh, my next category is actually very similar to the past two categories. High mana value, or just high upfront cost, I think. Like, right. not I'm not talking about money, but I have an example of uh, Commander Greven Ilvac. He's three black, 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 so six mana. Seven, right. five. When he comes into play, sacrifice a creature. Oh, yeah, he's Phyrexian Human Warrior. So three three types, that's pretty cool. Um, and he can't be blocked except by artifacts and black creatures. Well, I guess that means he's got fear. Uh, yes. That's, it, whatever. It's six mana in black. You can find it. I think that this category belongs, or this belongs in this category because six is a lot. Because the next time you play him, it'll be eight. 10, 12, etc. Um, and it like it it just gets up there fast. Um, because with this specifically, and with evasion like this, it, he's gonna be a prime target. You're gonna want to cast him a lot or protect him. And at six mana plus protection, that gets to be a lot. With say Jedido Janin or Urdrago. Still, again, super high mana value. This is six mana and sack a creature. Granted, I will see yeah, that harsh. sacrificing a creature, not necessarily a downside sometimes, especially in black. Um, but still a cost. And right. with, I guess, let's use more recent example, our buddy, Kron. Yes. Uh, Woo, Green, 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 white, white, white. Six mana. Or a 5-5 five, five flying. 6-6. Six, six. Green, green, green. White, white, white. 6-6. Six, six. Flying. Vigilance. Very cool. When he attacks, if he's enchanted, exile target permanent. Right. That's a lot. Targeted removal. And at 6 mana, specifically colored mana, high mana value. Well, high it's not even just cost. the 6. It's right. not even just the 6. Because realistically, you want to enchant Krond immediately. Because... Kron's not going to survive around around the table, so you need to in, you need to play Kron and then enchant Kron with some kind of level of protection, whether it's pro creatures or pro something or somehow protect it. So it's not six; it's probably eight, or maybe you want to give it haste or whatever. There's always going to be an extra cost, and yes, Kron is definitely a target. Yeah, even if it just means leaving up Mother of Runes, that's a cost. Right? Like, yes. it's it's something you want to make sure that you have available when you put this creature down. Uh, right. And that makes it harder to seriously think of it as a deck. Uh, yes. You know, sometimes it's an idea that you want to play around with or figure out or, like, who knows? Like, I've seen your cron deck do some, some crazy things. And I think that, like, if you're willing to do the thing, go for it. These are just ideas to keep in mind when looking at legendary creatures. When you're looking at a legendary creature that costs six or more, understand that there are going to be games when you are not going to cast it, or when you do, it's immediately removed, and now you're paying eight or ten, and suddenly your commander is just not an effective part of your deck any longer. Yeah. So, yes, so you're going to get games... Like some of the some of the games I've had with Kron, where you get to cast it, you get to do stuff. He gets to play a part, and it just rocks. That just you know, everything works. 
But you, to get those games, you're going to have a lot of games when it just doesn't. Yeah. When nothing goes right, you just the cost is just too high and it limits it on a lot of games just because it costs six. We are now in a day and age where, where it re- realistically, if you're playing a commander, you want it to be five or less. Uh, you know, and this is coming from a guy that, that it hurts me to say that because yeah. I do love my expensive commanders and I love long games, but it is something you need to keep in mind. If you're, if you're using a commander that costs six. Yeah. Through my research, it was definitely like clear that we're still getting these types of commanders where it yeah. maybe is just like a little too expensive. And I think that, that the idea of it being more expensive nowadays is because they want to make you think hard about making it your commander. A re- I, this this was like a soft reason uh, for not wanting to play it, but typal with certain creature types. You've got two reasons why you wouldn't play it as like a typal deck or like as your commander because it leans too heavily in the typal archetype where it just ends up being goblins and then you just throw in either the best goblins or whatever goblins you have and maybe you don't want to play goblins so then it just sits on your shelf forever and you made a deck that all right but uh i think that with typal decks to an extent and this is why it was a soft reason it restricts a little bit of the creativity because you can end up just falling back onto it. But it's also helpful, right? Like, it's also like, I love pirates, so I have my pirate deck. Yeah. Uh, And every so often I get new pirates I get to put in or take out. Or, like, you get to justify putting certain cards in that aren't necessarily pirate cards, but, like, do a cool thing. Um, And so, like, that's why it was relatively soft for me was because I was like... I don't want to like say like typo decks are bad because they're great. I love, yeah, I love elemental decks. I love pirate decks. I love like, um, but then there's the other side where uh, you've got decks or you've got legendary creatures that are clearly based around a certain creature type. So you, you want to make a typo deck, but there's not enough of that creature type to justify making that typal deck. Oh, um, you mean the, the, the typal deck full of changelings. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, you do you. If you want to pile in changelings, Please. fine. You and I have both done this for one of the season enders. I built the deck with all the living weapons in it. Oh, the germ one. That was our very yes. first... Our, right. our episode 10. So, so we we have done this. And like Andy says, we're not telling you not to. Just be aware that, you know, building typal decks guides you along a path. It's like, okay, well, you know, now you don't have to look at all 30,000 magic cards. Now you can <laughs> narrow it down so that you're just looking at that type. That's a good thing for a lot of, for a lot of players. They don't, you know, you, it's easy to get overwhelmed with the volume of options. And typal really allows you to narrow that in if you want to. Don't pick it thinking that you are now then going to be open up with every opportunity to do anything and everything in magic. That's just not the case. Right. Typal decks do narrow, do narrow it down. I think, you know, I enjoy them, but it, uh, you need to go in knowing what you're doing and knowing yeah. this is what you're doing. You know, you are going to do this and these are going to be the options and you're just going to have to make that work if you want to stick with that typal. And I think like that, that's the, one of the more obvious ones. 
like you can tell from looking at a legendary creature that it's going to be a typal deck uh generally speaking the text has that type a few times uh and i think uh what kind of goes a little bit hand in hand with this is the is it time spiral no uh future sight uh mechanic grander uh and granted i think this was before commander took off yeah uh, but grandeur was essentially like it, it rewarded you for having multiple of the same legendary creature in your deck. Yeah. Obviously there's multiple things or I guess multiple I, I issues with that multiple issues with that. Um, so like maybe just like the mechanic doesn't work well with commander. It's along the same lines where it's very focused and it's either not going to work because right. of rules or because it's going to be too specific or like, and again, do it. Try it out. But these are maybe reasons to look a different place. Right. If this isn't a thing that you want to try doing. Typo. I mean. That brings us to our last one, which is just too powerful. Uh, this is going to be meta-specific. This is going to be your own. Yep. This is the most egregious category here. This is the most, like, we need to reiterate, we're not telling you what to do here. Yep. Uh, because I have three examples that I just, like, I hate playing against because they're in the command zone and i think that's that's the thing with this whole episode is that because these creatures are in the command zone they don't make good commanders they make powerful commanders in this case we've got elish norn mother of machine we've talked about her plenty of times on the show but personally i don't find a problem with her heading the battlefield but if you have the insurance of the fact that she's in the command zone and you can just play her over and over again every time somebody removes her that's a problem. Uh, I don't want to do it on my side. I don't want people to do it on their side. But if you build that deck, build it. But it's the idea that as we continue to make more and more powerful legendary creatures, maybe think about them being in the 99 as a one-off. You're going to see them less often because they're not going to show up in every game. Right. Uh, and you have no, uh, unless you run tutors, you don't have the availability of it being on demand uh, like it is in the command zone uh same goes with turgrid i think that that's a much more palatable example for maybe a more general audience because i think that generally speaking a lot of play groups have kind of quote-unquote banned her as like a commander because like people hate that card because the deck ends up being about that one thing uh, and it just, like, is that oppressive. For right. me, a third example is Miriam, the dragon yeah. who makes dragon copies of other dragons, including legendary dragons. And that's a lot. Again, love dragon decks, love typal decks, love this card. Maybe just in the 99. I don't know. Right. But that's, yeah. It's just things to think over when you see a new legendary creature card be previewed. Do you want to make it your commander? Do you want to put in your 99? Do you want to just forget about it? And like you were saying with the power? Yeah. Obviously for each group it's a little bit different, but if I think of my group, the average power level I'm going to say is like a 5. So, you know, if you think that this commander is a 7, well then you're going to have a very powerful commander in comparison to to the other people in your group. Same goes if it's a 3. But... 
Maybe it doesn't have to be turgrid level, or maybe it has to be way more than that. Maybe your maybe the power level in your group is much higher than mine, and there isn't a commander out there that would cause pause because right. you think it might be too powerful. But for a lot of us, in a lot of our groups, having to deal with that sort of thing over and over again, and knowing that you know exiling it is not going to keep it off the board, that yeah, you can it can make for miserable gameplay. Just keep that in mind. I mean, yes, yeah. you know, this is the whole point. We want to build decks that everybody's going to enjoy. You know, think about your groups, your group's power level, and I mean, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to come in with something that's nerf-tastic, and you don't want to come in with something that's just simply going to blitz the entire board and turn it into a three-on-one that you're probably going to win anyway. And I think the important thing there too is like it's the same thing we talked about a couple weeks ago with win rate, where it was. Yeah. Uh, this isn't to say don't throw the game, don't try to not right. win, uh, but like it's. If you find yourself saying, oh, this isn't that Turgrid deck, then maybe try a different commander. It's right. mono-black. Um, yeah. Find a commander that does something similar right. and use that. So, it's, so you don't have it, to constantly explain why it isn't that Turgrid deck. Right. It's, it, all this is is just be self-aware. If you want to do the thing, understand there are consequences. If you want to not do the thing, understand yes. there's still a way to play these cards. Right. Um, whether it's because the deck is garbage and you just want to play with garbage, great. Yes. If you understand that the deck is too powerful for your playgroup, but you want to be the enemy, great. If, you're, if your playgroup doesn't like a single person being the enemy all the time, just be aware of that. Yeah. That's all. Um, but, yeah, I think that's going to do it for, for me. That's all I got. To any Wizards employees out there, keep pumping out those awesome legendaries. We love we love a good lore. We love playing with specific creatures. Otherwise, uh, enjoy building decks. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. But that's going to do it for us this week. We're Temple of False Spot, where decks are not optimized. Better plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. That's Bruce. And, uh... Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, press that subscribe button. You know you want to have a great night. Play some magic for me. May your fifth land be the temple. Oh!